Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Topics and Tangents. Uh, it's Mort and Kate, as always. Hello! So, we are kind of off our regular wonky ske- or off our regular schedule and kind of on a more wonky one temporarily. Uh, apologies about that, it's just schedules haven't quite matched. Kate's no. been moving, I've been doing theater stuff. Sorry, I've been doing theater stuff! Ah, yes, yes. So, so much scholarly. So scholarly. So this episode's off a week, but we do <laughs> intend to record another episode and push it out next week. So that way we will be back on, as Griffin McElroy says, the right schedule. Yeah, we uh, we fell off the bandwagon a bit and uh, we have a lot Just of good like intentions. Pop, pop. <laughs> Well, okay, that part's not like Pop-Pop. No, not like Pop-Pop. A little bit like Pop-Pop. But, no, it's it definitely wasn't intended, but this one's more of my bad. I ended up moving. I also am getting over some weird sinus cold bullcrap. Yes, how, how dare you have a weak body? How dare I have the immune system of a runt puppy that's pretty much what it is is just susceptible to almost everything it's great it's fantastic so that's also kind of why the topic this week is uh war figures because it was supposed to come out the week of memorial day but as as you can see it's the week (laughs) after the week of memorial day uh just a little off just a little off tiny bit but just in case we have more walkie scheduling issues, uh, happy Pride Month. Yeah, happy Pride Month. Woo! And uh, we'll go ahead and just get straight into it with uh, kind of uh, two, two uh, stories about some historical figures that you may not be fully aware of. Yeah, we wanted so. to go for people that weren't necessarily big in the limelight that everybody knows about yeah if you two did for that sweet sweet patent info um general patent info sorry that's not that's not what we're doing no no we're not gonna talk about abe lincoln we're not gonna talk about pretty much well i almost wanted to talk about vlad the impaler but i was like no we're also not covering the waifu wars that'll be a different episode (laughs) so Hey, those wars were tough. Almost as tough as the console wars. Imagine being in the mid-90s and being the only person who knows, let alone owns, a Game Gear. Such a tragic time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my Game Boy's better. Really? Because I can see colors when I play. Boom. And I don't have to take drugs. For that issue. Did you see that commercial that they had... uh, It was going around online where they did the commercial for when the Game Boy Color came out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, have you watched My Name is Earl? Only one or two episodes. Okay, but you know his brother Randy, right? Sure. I never remember actors' names, but the guy that plays that, 
He's just a wee young teenage boy, and he's playing with like a stuffed squirrel at the beginning of the oh, commercial. God. It's really weird. I don't, I don't know, but that's all I can think of. It was so dumb. I wasn't sure if he had seen it or not. I I haven't seen it, but now I'm gonna have to look it up. I can find it for you, and I can um, send it to you because it's great. If you want to share your weird uh, Sega and Nintendo commercials, uh, you could definitely send them to us at topicsattagents at gmail dot com. Personally, I've always been a fan of Sega Tatsanshiro, but I think that's mostly because of the screams and explosions. <laughs> that those one of those commercials. Um, where he flips someone over his back and the guy screams and then explodes is one of those weird commercials, one of those weird videos that the more I watch it, the more hysterically I laugh until I have to stop watching it because I can't stop crying. Yeah, I uh, I was also watching, it might have been with the same compilation, the Sega one where basically it's like, F your mom, play, play Sonic on Sega Genesis. And it's just like, this boy is too fast. This little hedgehog's too fast. It was really dumb. I was like, God, 90s commercials were kind of the best because it was always like the kids were way cooler than the parents and they're just like flipping the bird at all the parents and all the adults are like, fuck you, we're cooler. Totally unrelated that we'll probably have to cut a side tangent uh, since you mentioned Sonic so I was looking at videos of people shitting on Sonic Forces because like last year Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces both came out mm-hmm. Sonic Mania that paid true to all the classic games it was made by a total unrelated third party was a great game Sonic Forces made by Sega itself and <laughs> followed like none of its historical background did horrible so I'm watching these videos and I found one that someone made a mod for Sonic Mania that was realistic head Hedgehog mod. So Sonic oh. was shaped like a normal actual hedgehog oh and God. moved slower. And every time he jumped, this little hedgehog thing would just flip around in circles. <laughs> and when he pressed look up, because it was just like a flat hedgehog, it could yeah. crane its neck or anything. Every time he pressed look up, instead its legs would grow so that it was taller so you could see higher. It's so but it, it was still the same sounds and everything. It was just watching this basically fuzzy rectangles spin in circles as it bounces off robots i love the internet i love what people do i just love that people have that kind of idea and that creativity and just go about it that's that's like back in the day when i was when i was in high school well it's more yeah uh thanks for reminding me my 10 year reunion is friday yeah mine's next month Uh, i don't want to see anyone I don't either, so I told the one person that I want to go with, which is, like, my best friend since uh, first grade, Mm -hmm. I told her that if she goes, I'll go. She didn't even graduate with us, and she got invited because she was there for a good while. She was in Germany. Yeah. So I told her, if you go, I'll go. We'll dress up real nice. We'll just sit in the corner and drink and just spill some tea and talk some shade. Just, like... I have to go because Bobby's going. <laughs> I mean, yeah, now you have to go. But it'll be kind of fun. I, I'm excited because I think I'm one of five people who don't already have kids. <laughs> and I'm, I want to go in and be like, that's, I'm free. That's a large <laughs> reason for Bobby wanting to go is that she doesn't have kids. She's not addicted to drugs. And she hasn't spent any time in jail. And she's escaped Sparta. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with where I'm from. Um, nothing wrong against people who have kids. Nothing obviously. wrong with people who like meth. 
But there's a lot of things wrong with people like meth, and uh, we're really close to meth capital where I'm from. A lot of people yeah. spend jail time or got hooked on some mostly meth. Yeah, that's about it. But I don't know. Uh, I'm probably going to have a bad time. They want us to, we have to spend $10 to get into a bar that's free for patrons. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because we found out all the money we raised in high school. They don't actually put that into an account for the class. They just the our school just spends it. Oh, if I remember right, we didn't even bother raising anything, so we always have to pay for whatever we're doing. Like this time, I think it's twenty bucks, but we get a meal included with that. I think yeah. so. That's not bad. Well, they want to do a cookout beforehand, and oh, okay, I'm not doing that because that's where <laughs> people's kids are, and the ten dollar cover charge is for a bar, which one of my former classmates. He's a bartender there, so he's going to be bartending. And I was like, I'll go there because kids can't be there. And I I, I mean, I don't want to have someone start talking to me and be like, here's my children. Smack, 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 smack. That's people smacking me in the face with pictures of their kids or just their kid holding it up going, this is my child. Isn't this child beautiful? I, I came from his ball sack. Exactly. Or I came from her uterus or tum-tum. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I appreciate that, like, I guess people do have to procreate. Some people have to procreate. I'm not interested. I'm not one of those people. More power to you if you want to have kids and you love it and whatever. But I love my freedom. I I don't feel the need to have children brought into the world. Speaking of coming back home, yeah. uh, let's talk about some... Uh, let's talk about one return visit. Ooh. Quote, up the wide avenue they swung. Their smiles outshone the golden sunlight. In every line, proud chests expanded beneath the medals Valor had won. The impassioned cheering of the crowds massed along the way drowned the bl- blaring cadence of their former jazz band. The old 15th was on parade, and New York turned out to tender its dark-skinned heroes a New York welcome. New York Tribune, February 18th, 1919. Ooh. Uh, the path of the 15th New York National Guard Regiment is an interestingly complicated one. In 1916, the United States, convinced that they too would soon join the Great War, started forming various regiments and units to send to the front lines. The 15th was formed as a response to the outcry of civic leaders imploring Governor Charles Whitman that an all-black unit be formed to allow African Americans to serve their country. Whitman caved and assigned the task to a former campaign manager, William Howard. Howard was an attorney and a former National Guard colonel based out of Nebraska. He assumed the role of commander. Now, Howard was, as you could probably guess, a white man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Defying the current trends of society, Howard put aside racial opinion and concentrated on creating a lean, mean fighting force. He enlisted white officers to appease the governor and his supporters, but he also enlisted black officers to gain favor from Harlem, hmm. uh, where a large number of soldiers from the 15th would eventually be enlisted from. The expectations of his white officers were set early on. Quote, meet men according to their rank as soldiers. If and if, quote, intended to take a narrower attitude, uh, had better stay out. 
Howard would continue to fight for the fair and equal treatment of his 15th Regiment. Now, this did not mean that the 15th were spared from prejudicial opinions of the time. Uh, they trained in South Carolina, which you could probably guess how welcoming they were. Yeah. Yeah, uh, not much. Yeah. Not much at all. They were told to respond to slurs, insults, and threats with calm indifference and a refusal to retaliate. Oof. Uh, one such story that arose from their training uh, was that of musician Noble Sissel, who entered a hotel to get some newspapers. The owner of the hotel yelled and kicked him, resulting in a hundred soldiers arriving at the hotel, uh, ready to lay down some law. However, Lieutenant James Reese Europe, another black musician, arrived and quickly defused the situation. Quote, as a direct response to such repeated confrontations, a bond was forged among the men of the 15th, a fighting spirit they hoped would serve them well when they got to France. That is from Peter Nelson, a historian. Hmm. So even even when they're spat on and yelled at, the 15th refused to do anything about it. Well, the officers refused the, to do anything officers. about it. Yeah, the soldiers say. wanted to kick some ass, but the officers were like, that's not going to help us. But you really can't blame the soldiers for wanting to just... Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine going to a quick trip and being like, I'll take one paper, please. Get the fuck out of here, Whitey. Uh, and yeah. just someone just starts kicking you, right? Yeah. People don't think about that at all nowadays, is that... Because it's, that, it's so ingrained in our slavery yeah. was abolished in the mid 1800s, but there were still a lot of issues between then and the 60s with the civil rights movement, as there are still issues today. Yeah, I mean, we have enough knowledge with history, with Jim Crow laws, and which were in effect at this time. Yeah, and a bunch of very flat-out racist propaganda that's very deep ingrained in American culture. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, I think people today forget that this shit is... It, all it has to do is a dude going in, into a place and getting a newspaper to get his ass beat. Yeah. That's all he had to do, was literally just want to buy a paper. And that's the country he wants to fight for. Ugh. I mean, to make it a better place. Yeah. Uh, all 2,000 members of the 15th arrived in Brest, France on January 1st, 1918. They greeted the French with a jazz rendition of La Marseille, much to the surprise and amusement of the French. Quote, as the band played eight or ten bars, there came over faces an astonished look, quickly alert, snapped to an attention, and salute by every French soldier and sailor present. Noble Sissel, veteran of the 15th. So yeah, spoiler alert, he survives World War One. Nice. <laughs> just, just a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, upon their arrival, the 15th was renamed the 369th Infantry Regiment uh, and was assigned to the United States Army uh, Services of Supply. There, like many other African-American soldiers during that war, they loaded and unloaded ships, cleaned latrines, and performed other menial, less-than-savory tasks, because of course they did. That's... They were trained to fight, and then they were told, move boxes. So dumb. 
So dumb. Uh, for Howard, however, this would not do. He harassed Pershing, General Part. Uh, he harassed General John Pershing, who had been authorized by President Woodrow Wilson to form an independent force in France to boost morale and accountability for the U.S. military presence, as well as strengthen Wilson's presence in the war, ensuring his place at the table should peace talks happen. Nice. That's uh, a smart move. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to tell someone, no, we're not going to give you anything when they're like, hey, here's all my soldiers. Uh, Pershing's history with black soldiers was complicated. He fought in 1895 with an all-black cavalry unit, yet would note in his memoirs in 1931 that black soldiers required more training because of, quote, lower capacity and lack of education, end quote. Uh, so, yeah, despite having the proper context and time spent with them to know better, he's a dick. Yeah. That that kind of checks out a little bit. It's too bad. I mean, the part... I mean, I can see where the education could be somewhat lacking. That doesn't mean that people were not intelligent. Well, it I was, mean, that's the thing. It's, it's not that... It's because like, you didn't properly give people of color good... Allowing them to do good schooling. It's like, not like African-Americans were like, yeah, I'm not going to pay attention to class. No. I'm going to be stupid. No, it's literally white people are like, we're not going to put you in school because fuck that. We're not and then later that. on, they're like, why are these African-Americans so uneducated? I don't understand. Like, we don't give them books. We refuse to teach them to read or write. How do they not know how to send a letter? How do non-white people know how to do things that we don't fund for and we tell them they can't fund it for themselves? Yeah, good job. Oh, God. Good, I wonder, good job, America. I wonder how that worked out. I wonder why things ended up the way they were. Uh, however, Pershing eventually relented, handing the 369th over to the French on March 10th of 1919. They're, they were now a combat unit. Howard was thankful, but was not without his own opinion of the transaction. Quote, a fairy tale has materialized. We are now a combat unit. Our great American general simply put the black orphan in a basket, set on the doorstep of the France, French, pulled the bell, and went away. That's a way to describe <laughs> that's, that's, a whole thing. That's my favorite quote of all my research was, <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. He just uh, Moses of the Nile this issue away. <laughs> Float on down the Nile, kid. Oh, man. However, this trade-off was not without its complications. The 369th could indeed join the French. But first, they had to return every piece of American equipment to be passed on to American troops, which included uniforms, rations, and perhaps most importantly, their Springfield rifles. Ooh. So, no equipment. Nice. There... No, go ahead. I was just saying, nice. No equipment. Quote, their labels were nowhere near as good as our Springfields. The French, you see, were great believers in the hand grenade. Their rifles seemed more or less something to put a bayonet on. Oh, boy. Labels, in fact, were known to be reliable, but were temperamental and frustrating to reload. However, the 369th dealt with these setbacks and were paired off with French counterparts, who taught them everything they needed to know within three weeks to fight in trench warfare. Uh, skills that they learned included trimming your coat to avoid being dragged down in the mud. Uh, fun fact, people did actually drown to death in World War I because they got pulled into the mud. 
I believe uh, that. How to utilize your shovel to make climbing in and out of the trenches easier, and how to prepare barbed wire for hasty deployment. Because mm. they would basically, during the day, they would wrap it up in a way so that night, when it was harder for them to be spotted, they could run out and basically roll it out where it needed to be rolled, and they quickly jump back in the trenches before they were lit up. Nice. I want to make, like, I'm not going to, because it's kind of an easy, cheap shot, but, hmm. I mean, it is France, mm-hmm. and it is war, mm-hmm. and it's France involved in a war. <laughs> I mean, it. I mean, there goes all our French listeners that we don't have. I'll, I'm I'll so, talk, I'm I'll so talk so about sorry. it more at the end of this, but that's one of the things I love about the French and warfare is that and I and I do it too but everyone picks on the French we, with I, the wars when really the French are fucking badass like the research the foreign legion and yeah the foreign legion is mostly non-French people but they were trained by the French yeah no yeah. I think that's why I was saying I was like I could make this joke but it's a cheap shot that everybody kind of makes I mean I don't know what I would I mean, America's built on having a giant, giant military, but Mm -hmm. I mean, the size of the United States in comparison to just one smaller European country. Yeah. 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 Look at how much of the world was colonized by Britain. Yeah. And like Britain is smaller than our smallest state. So, Yeah. yeah. Same thing with the Netherlands. Many soldiers became close to their partner, some even learning French to better communicate. Uh, I, I didn't put too much detail in here, but I actually found a story where one of these uh, soldiers came back and just one day their family walked in on them just speaking French. And his family were like, when the hell, where did you learn how to speak French? And he's like, I've known for decades how to speak French. And they're like, why didn't you tell us? And he's like, because it's none of your damn business. Because <laughs> basically, like, he he saw his old friend from the war. Like, he saw a ghost or something of that. So he's, like, talking to his dead friend. Yeah. And they're like, we didn't know you could speak French. He's like, because I don't talk French to you. He doesn't know English, so... <laughs> They're like, like uh, who doesn't the hell, know English? Why the hell would you need to know that I speak French? And I'm like, that's I mean, exactly the kind of World War One grandpa I would expect to have. Yeah, very much so. I mean, very, well, it never came up. Yeah. <laughs> Just, mind your own business. Mind your own was, business. Was Get his off wording. my lawn. Get out of my room so I can speak to a dead person ghost in French. Anywhere, anyways, Pierre, what were you saying? <laughs> Ça va? They learned how to take cover from shellings and when to expect gas attacks. Basically, uh, the rule of thumb was if they were downwind, then quickly put on your gas masks. That's fair, because World War One was... The War of the Gas. It really was. It's horrifying. Yeah. Some people, some people say that's where Hitler got his idea for gas chambers, because... Uh, one thing a lot of people don't remember is Hitler was a war hero yeah, in he World was. War One, and his uh, commanding officer was Jewish, and they actually were good friends. So in World War Two, he always made sure to kind of slip him through the cracks. 
So. Yeah. Yeah, no, nope. uh, that is that is definitely something people... Everybody remembers Hitler for being the monster he was for World War II, and also that he was a semi-shitty painter. Yeah. Like, that's all they remember, but there he was part but of... He served his country in World War One. He sure did. And he did it well. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, shell attacks at gassings were the biggest threats faced by those on the front line. Although the threat of German raiders charging over the top of their trenches was also a real threat, even if it was more warmly welcomed than gas. In May 1918, in the trenches of the Argonnes Forest, Argonnes Forest, I don't know, I'm not French. Uh, Private Henry Johnson and Private Needham Roberts were watching for any sign of attack from the Germans when one of them heard a sound. They gestured for silence and listened closely. The sound of wire being snipped could be heard. They peered into no man's land and saw movement. Germans. The pair threw grenades to deter the attack and were swiftly answered with German grenades, uh, which wounded Henry. Then the Germans rushed over. Henry Johnson shot one point blank, then swung his rifle, clubbing another. He was then grabbed, but drove his bolo knife back, impaling one of his attackers in the skull. With the assistance of Roberts, Johnson was able to pull free, avoiding capture, and drove off the attack. In the end, it was determined that Johnson had killed four of the 24 German raiders. Damn. Uh, This earned Johnson the nickname of Black Death. Yeah, like that's (laughs) badass. Yeah. Holy shit. That's so cool. Stories like this one of the 369th fierce fighting spirit and determination served them well. The French referred to them as bronze men, but they preferred their German nickname, the Harlem Hellfighters. Yeah! Uh, Vicious fighting like this would earn some of the soldiers, including Johnson and Roberts, the Croix de Guerre, or Military Cross, the French Medal of Valor. Uh, They were the first Americans to earn such a prestigious award. And in 2015, President Barack Obama presented Johnson a posthumous Medal of Honor, making him the second African-American to receive such a medal for actions during World War I. That's so cool. Quote, America can't change what happened to Henry Johnson, but we can do our best to make it right. And that's Obama. Yeah. During the following months, the Hellfighters... Nope. Can I just say thanks, Obama? I just yeah. want. I just. Thanks, Obama. It's it's rare that we get to say it, and it's about something nice, and it's about <laughs> something good that we agree on. I mean, there's there's still <laughs> that Oreo cookie that wouldn't fit in the glass of milk, but thanks, Obama. At least he knows how to pour a beer. <laughs> God. And Sorry. how to eat and how to eat pizza. Yeah, and how to eat pizza. Any. I mean. And, you know, didn't have such ridiculous, dramatic scandals all the time. (laughs) It was a calm time back then. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was reminiscing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I miss miss the previous presidency, too. Mm -hmm. And I don't even like Democrats. During the following months, the Hellfighters would lose 144 soldiers and see another almost 1,000 wounded. What made this harder on them was the poor support that could be counted upon. During the 191 days, six months, the Hellfighters spent more time in combat than any other American force. Yet, for the 1,500 casualties that they would eventually accrue, uh, only 900 replacements would be sent to relieve them. 
This made maintaining a steady force a nightmare. Yeah, I can imagine. Holy crap, that would suck. Only 600 short. Yeah, only. The nightmare didn't end when the soldiers returned home. The 369th was absorbed into the National Guard, and although they were met with parades and cheers at first, like the Tribune that I had read at the beginning, it would soon give way to some of the most vicious race riots ever seen during the Red Summer of 1919. As stated by Max Brooks, author of the graphic novel The Harlem Hellfighters, quote, It'd be a nice story if, it, if I could say that our parade or even our victories changed the world overnight. But truth's got an ugly way of killing nice stories. Uh, Johnson, that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. would fight for equality for a short period of time before being hospitalized with tuberculosis. He died in July 1929 of an enlarged heart. He was 39 at the time. No. Oh. Through the sands of time, it could be easy to forget some of the heroes that fought for the betterment of our entire nation. The Harlem Hellfighters trudged through mud in another country, fighting a battle that wasn't truly theirs, knowing full well that upon their return, they would continue to be spat upon and neglected. If none of that deters you from performing a duty that many are afraid to fulfill, then it is only right that we remember them for what they were, not as soldiers nor as blacks, but as heroes. Hell yeah, they were heroes. <clears throat> so yeah that's the uh, harlem hellfighters that terrified the germans in france um and what kind of turned me out to the topic was that uh interestingly enough not last year but the year before yeah. ea released battlefield one which is based off of world war one yeah and it's actually a surprisingly good game but the single player portion of the campaign actually takes true stories from the period and basically gives you missions based on them and about a third of the game you're part of a tank squad that you're pretty much escorting this tank through the the enemy lines yeah uh there's a third where you're a pilot uh but another third of it you actually are a member of the hell harlem hellfighters that's really cool and I had never heard anything about them until this game, and that's why I was like, well, let me look up and see what they're about, and then I read, and I was like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, it's weird how history, when you learn about history in, you know, more public schools, you don't hear about things like that. Heck, we barely talked about, it wasn't until I got to college that we even really talked much about World War One. We talked very briefly about it in, in my high school. And so few schools even talk about how World War One started. Yeah. Let alone the bits and pieces of it. It's basically, we went to war, we won, and then we set the table for World War Two. and that's pretty much all of it. But here you have a group of people that fought just to go and be in this war, and then they're trained by terrifying badasses, because the French, like, you pick on the French and everything, but yeah. the French were a very powerful fighting force because, like, under Napoleon, yeah, Napoleon lost, but they were a military might to be reckoned with and that training continued in world war one and i mentioned the french foreign legion which even today um there's they're nowhere near as big as they used to be but even today they're one of the most formidable fighting forces out there yeah well i mean the thing is is i napoleon losing it is bound to happen but like you mentioned they were forcing me wreck with i mean places like rome 
they were smaller and look how big of a force they fell mm-hmm. but it still didn't mean that they didn't weren't a force to be reckoned with at that time yeah. period like they kicked ass and also like France and Europe as a whole uh the the racial issues were nowhere near as try to think of the right wording they did not have the racial issues that the United States had. So there was no silly little, well, don't teach them everything because they're black, they're stupid. No, the French were like, oh, hey, someone who can hold a rifle. And that's why they got together, got along so well, because they wanted to fight. And the French were like, yeah, absolutely. Here's everything you need. Uh, Go get them. Yeah, basically, oh, you're a man. You're a body here. You need to fight. We need every single person we possibly can fighting. Makes sense. That's really cool. And then they come back and we're like, yeah, but they can't really do anything. Welcome home. Or not. Anyways. Anyways. So that was really cool because I I had heard of them, but I didn't know much about them. So it's really good to hear about that, which I, I think it's kind of funny. That the topic you picked, don't worry. What? I was going to say, did you also pick the Hellfighters? I I didn't. I didn't. No, but uh, I did pick something with a war with France and also with a person that is non-white in a war that's very white. So that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. So back in October of 1853... The Crimean War erupted. Okay. Yeah, so the wars between France and Russia. I wonder why the U.S. doesn't talk about that (laughs) war much. Oh, I wonder. In the process, the Russian Empire uh, would lose alliance of the Ottoman Empire. In France, Britain, and Sardinia, its kingdom of Italy was what it would later be. Uh, So the cause of the war was due to religious differences. Surprise, surprise. A war started because of religion? God doesn't create people that (laughs) fights wars. That's silly. So the war would end on March 30th of 1856 with the Mm -hmm. Treaty of Paris. The treaty itself made the Black Sea neutral territory. So no warships were allowed to be in its waters. Okay. That was the big thing. That... I'm just trying to remember where that's located because my geography is a little rusty because it's been a while since I've been in Europe. I mean, yeah. You said Black Sea? Black Sea. Not the Purple Sea. No, not the Purple Sea. And also, uh, not the the Rainbow Sea either, you know? Well, it should be the Rainbow Sea. It should be. Because it's Pride Month. Woo! Do that every time. Oh, okay, yeah. Anyway, sorry. During the war, there were a lot of casualties, but in the process, a few heroes and heroines did emerge. Mary Seacole was one of those heroines. Mary was originally born in 1805 in Jamaica. There she learned her nursing skills from her mother, mm-hmm. and her mother had helped keep a boarding house for invalid soldiers, is how okay. they worded it. 
being of mixed race, Mary was technically free, but was given a lot less civil rights as her white counterparts. So she wasn't allowed to hold public office. She wasn't allowed to vote or enter the professions politics of any form. That checks out for back then. Yeah, it does. So Mary spent a good chunk of her younger years traveling. She would go to the Caribbean, Haiti, and the Bahamas. She even went to Central America and then to Britain. While away, she would mix her knowledge of medicine with European medical ideas, and Mary would end up returning to England in 1854 to sign up as an army nurse. She went there specifically because of the war, and she knew that they needed help. She asked specifically to be sent to, the crime, to Crimea to help with the poor medical conditions. She was immediately refused. Determined to help fight on the English side, Mary opened up a British hotel. I'm guessing it's not a natural hotel. No, it's not. So most hotels serve as a place for people to stay while visiting or between moving. Mary's mm-hmm. hotel was a bit different. Mary herself described it as described it as a mess table and comfortable quarters for sick and convalescent officers. Her hotel not only provided medical care for officers, but for any wounded soldiers and servicemen. She was also known to go to the battlefield and actually retrieve the wounded. So she would go out there and help retrieve them. But, most important thing of all, uh, would she leave a little mint underneath her patient's pillows? <laughs> I, it didn't say, but I'd like to think that instead of like a mint, she just she put a cute little band-aid with a smiley face on it. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, they didn't have cable, no. so you got to give them some incentive for your hospital. They're just... I mean, yeah. I, I don't Ooh, know about a you mint. kept me from dying. Thanks. <laughs> Where's my mint? That's the thing that they're offended about. I'm like, hey, I appreciate kind of that you saved my life, I guess, but you didn't provide me with a mint. A complimentary mint. I don't have health insurance, so I should have some benefit of being here. Besides, you know, their life being saved by oh, someone who's... Oh, it's a war. They're probably going to die anyways. Hey, she... This is pretty freaking cool. She got told no, and she said, well, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. And she <laughs> built it her own way. It's like, it's like any modern medical drama of... Oh, I can't. Well, I don't follow the rules. Yeah, I know. She was like that original London nurse. Saw, saw wooded rod to stick in their mouth. Yeah, she kicked ass. After the war, Mary returned to England and found herself facing destitution because of her being darker skinned. Born, yeah. Later, she would uh, publish a memoir called The Wonderful Adventures of Mrs. Soul. Miss Skoll. Sorry. <coughs> I'm having trouble with certain words. Of Mrs. Seekel. I'm guessing there wasn't a chapter on her being in England. No. Uh, but it's a, that's the whole thing is The Wonderful Adventures of Mrs. Seekel in Many Lands. Long title. Mm-hmm. But she did travel to many lands. She is still seen today as an important figure as she combated both racism and sexism and fucking prevailed because she kicked ass. Hmm. She did. In 2016, it was announced that 
she would be commemorated further by having a statue of her unveiled in front of St. Thomas's Hospital in central London, which is across from the Houses of Parliament. So right there, where everyone could see her. So the location is due to St. Thomas being the first nurse training school in the world and was founded by Florence Nightingale. Her statue would set a record as it is to be thought to be the first statue that honors and names a black woman in the UK. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Wait, so... Sorry, yeah. we could cut this if it's a really stupid question. But it's not a stupid the question. Crimean, the Crimean War was between the French and the Russians. Yeah, and it also had to do with England. It was France, England, and basically Italy against Russia. Sorry, it's just... It's the, just... Main, the main people were France and Russia, but England and Italy fought with France. Yeah. No, I was just... It, it sounds weird to me to hear England allied with france pre-world war one yeah because but it was against russia yeah well okay that's fair <laughs> they did kind of hate russia everyone more. yeah they, they hate russia just a little bit more thanks russia for uniting <laughs> everyone thanks thanks much so after the announcement of the statue there was a surprising amount of backlash that Shows that the world is not as woke as everyone you keeps saying it is. Racism is still a thing. Racism is still a thing. Even in the country that uh, passed Brexit. Yeah, ra- racism is definitely still a thing. Huh. Yep. Like father, like son. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, hey, I mean, we still. There's still room to improve. I mean, there's always room to improve, but there's a lot it'll of room be, for be, us to improve. It would be nice to like not have to improve, but there's there's always room to improve. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess I guess kind of the uh, mini moral of this episode is uh, we're sorry, non-white people. We yeah. really truly are. I mean, thank you for being you. Thanks for despite us being fighting us. for your fighting. For your freedom and kicking ass and kicking ass and like putting yourself into history. Because this was still a time period. This was still before. (laughs) This was a time period before the whole don't shoot medics. I mean, I know Israel kind of forgot that rule last week, but the general thing in warfare is you don't shoot medics, and that wasn't a thing back then. No, that was that was after World War One. Because World War One, that still was a thing that people mm. did not as frequently, but that yeah. war was just everyone was I dying. Mean, world, I was gonna say, to be fair, World War One was very much a everyone's gonna die kind yeah. of thing. Because it was rough. It was a world waiting for a reason to fight, and then six idiots botch an assassination attempt. Until the last one gets it right, and then the world's like, okay, cool, good enough for us. Yeah, that was messy. We should do an episode sometime on the Black Hand Gang, because that story alone, I know it's relatively known, Mm -hmm. but that story alone is just... A total mind twist. But anyways, no. That'd be cool. Back back to the the thing is, yeah, that always amazes me that... 
you have these fights that they're like, well, I know I'm facing all this prejudice, but I'm still going to fight anyways. Yeah. And that, that just fascinates me because, I mean, you've got her, you've got the Hellfighters, you've got their black Confederate soldiers, um, and it's just... There's so the many, fact so that many putting more. themselves in danger and, in a lot of cases, dying for people that treat them like shit. It's because they want. I mean, I, they want a better world. Right. I mean, I mean, I, as I can't was, speak for people because I'm white. I don't know, but I mean, it sucks that people go to war and fight for their beliefs and their country and, and all of that and they come home. come home to it they don't come home to people cheering for them necessarily and that is bullshit in i mean i don't think it matters if i'm white or not to say that that's a lot of bullshit that people no, should be honored is. when they come back like they fought for your yeah. freedom i don't care i, mean, if, if I you... personally don't care what the color of your skin is if you're fighting for our freedom and you're fighting for a better tomorrow i appreciate it like if you're running around stabbing babies okay i get it yeah that, but i mean that's not the thing like to be fair <laughs> that's more likely to be the white officers yeah. doing that because they don't have families nah it's just a whole thing and so it's um, so, we went off on a tangent. Go figure. Yeah. No. But the problem that people were having with her statue being unveiled and, mm -hmm. you know, put into place, especially where it was, is was because, because of racism. There is that. Uh, people claimed that she never worked in a hospital because she tried and got refused and that she was not technically black. That was their whole thing. Well, in that case, I think they could relax because by that logic, it's not technically a statue and the places in front of is not technically a hospital because yeah. technically it's just a stone structure and technically it's in front of a building. Technically, all we can so, know is that our brains, we, so, we can think, so therefore we are. So who cares? <laughs> so technically, they could go fuck themselves. <laughs> I think physically, technically, metaphorically, all the things they can go fuck themselves. I just say. But they know, in the research I was looking at, they mentioned that Mary was two-thirds white. But I also have noted in here, I don't, I don't think I have to say that a woman of color, no matter if she's mixed race or not, is still a woman of color. She is allowed to be, to <laughs> claim whoever she wants to be. Like... I'm sorry. I don't care if she's... I hate the fact that someone... Like, I don't I'm understand I'm sorry, but I, I have to kind of put a dot on that. Last I checked, unless there's some weird porn shit that I've not seen, which is totally possible. Last I checked, porn. children are made from two people getting it on. Mm -hmm. So how would you be two-thirds white? It was because her mother was also mixed race, and then her father was Irish. Or Scottish. Scottish. Okay. So technically two thirds. That was the research. I'm just saying. But either way, uh -huh. that is such a bullshit thing. The fact that this woman should be commemorated. She 
That's like, that's she like... did so much for that war. She fought so much injustices to her. And the fact that you don't think because she's not quote unquote black enough, she doesn't deserve a fucking statue. Like... And because she went and she tried to work at that ho- at a hospital and she was refused, she made a difference in your country, in your culture. She kicked ass all you're doing is just being a bunch of racists. That's that's all it is. That, that makes me want to open up an amusement park and put up a color wheel that says, You must be this turquoise to ride the long flume. The thing is, is Oh, like, you're a, a bit of a pink shade? Sorry, no long flume for you. You must be turquoise. Think of the time frame, too. Yeah. Just because she was mixed race, back then, that didn't matter. They treated her differently because she was mixed race. Nowadays, we treat it's the other side that they're not good enough because they're not mm-hmm. not mixed race. Like somebody's not mixed race. Like I, it doesn't matter. She she kicked ass. She pushed the boundaries, and she did good at it. And she made such a hell of a difference. Uh, listeners, our second takeaway lesson from this episode is, um, hey. Um, be less racist. Be less racist. I mean, I can't Floating sit here. Star, the more you know. Yeah, really. I, I I can't sit here and pretend that I know what it's like to be someone of color or know uh-huh. the hardships or the history. I only know what I read. Obviously, I mentioned before, I'm white. I can't say to it. But to be mad because she wasn't enough is so stupid. It this woman did such good things. I it's it's dumb. So the reason these were the reasons why they were mad. Mary was being commemorated with a slightly larger statue than Florence Nightingale statue. That was their problem. One of their problems. And she was the one that founded the hospital. Granted, granted that wouldn't matter. They were both very important. Uh, I was going to say, I think we should ask Florence Nightingale's opinion on it. Yeah, she she would. You would be able see to get what, Florence's. See what she thinks. You would be able to get Florence's opinion if you had a time machine. If you if you want to know Florence Nightingale's opinion on statue size and whether or not it's the size or what you do with it, uh, feel free to email her at topicsattangents at gmail dot com. Don't forget that daily gravy. Oh, sorry. Thomasintangents.dailygravy <laughs> at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Well, we can't... We don't know what Florence Nightingale would think, but Natasha McEnroy... Alert, she won't give a shit. Yeah, Natasha McEnroy, who is the director of Florence Nightingale Museum, believes that this has more to do with race and sexism than it does the actual statue size. Go figure! I'm surprised. She stated in an article about the unveiling statue, this is her quote, no one has ever asked me to compare the works of two male surgeons in the Crimean War. Yet it is always assumed that two women feud. In the end, despite the haters, her statue was unveiled June 30th, 2016. So you can suck it, haters. Fuck you. I mean, she did a great great point. Nobody, it's such a sexist thing to think that these two women would fight instead of be like, Thank you for helping out. No, thank you for making a difference in the world. Just because they're two women doesn't mean they're going to fucking fight. Assholes. Sorry. The whole time I was writing this, I got really <laughs> pissed off towards the end. That's why, like, my sentences were literally like, 
fuck haters. What's what's terrible is your first thought is, fuck these people. And my first thought is, you can make a lot of money off of a nun cat fight video. And and then my follow up thought is, I bet some adult studio has filmed that actually. Rule 34, dude. Rule 34. (laughs) But yeah, that is pretty bad that that's where your brain went. I was getting actually pretty genuinely frustrated. I can't. I, I just that's it's so frustrating and the statue is absolutely stunning by the way when you go to see it because I mm-hmm. looked at pictures online and I was looking at little videos of it when you go at they said the best time to see the statue is when the sun's going down because the way that they had the light start up it's a big sil- like circle behind her and then she's in the front and it shows like the night sky or whatever go across and it just illuminates on her and it's just her basically moving to try to go help people like it's hmm. i think i think we just need more statues of diverse people and more statues of women that made an impact in the world not just any statues like hey your neighbor looks pretty cool we should make a statue of your neighbor because she's a woman and not a man and then we'll put it in the middle of like yeah, a park cool. but if yeah did you look it up yeah isn't it cool it's absolutely stunning and it's so well done it's it's basically they have this giant i'm I'm assuming it's supposed to be like a it's uh, like a backdrop backdrop of the world or something Mm -hmm. and then they have her in front of it just marching sternly yeah yeah holding her robe up so it doesn't get dirty yeah it and they did such a good job the detail in her face is so well done and I mean, and in it's the same so Google people... image search, there's also the Darth Vader statue from the Ukraine. Why is that the same? Uh, Internet, you fair, are I, so odd. To be fair, I did not put in her name. Oh. That's probably part of it. I put yeah. England Saint uh, Thomas statue, 2016. Number one is that statue. Uh, image number two, Darth Vader statue. What does it look like? Can I see it? Yeah. I mean. It's Darth Vader standing there, also, like her, uh, holding his robe up to make sure that it does not get dirty. Yeah, except she's looking forward sternly, and he's looking to the side, like, looking down on you. And he's not moving, because because he has the force, he doesn't have to. Yeah. 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 No. um, (laughs) If you want to look at her more, because I was trying to pronounce her last name, and I probably butchered it. It's C S E A Cole. So C O L E. Yes. And that's one word. And I I kept hearing different ways that they would break it down online. So I apologize if I I, I mean Uh that's another question we could ask Florence Nightingale. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure that if I ever find a genie's lamp and they tell me I can if wish to talk to somebody if you're, dead. If that'd you're be good. a medium and you can reach out to historical medical nuns, uh, feel free to email us at topicsattagents.dailygravy at gmail.com. Not only would we love to read your email, but we would love to have you on the show. Yeah. We'd have so much fun. I just want to ask a ton of questions. Not a, I don't want you to tell and me about... I want about, to give a ton of answers. I don't want you to tell me if I have like a ghost attached to me. I don't care. I want to know about you. Personally, you. Your life. Oh, I know I have a ghost attached, and they are very much ashamed. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know if I do. But uh, I know one thing. No matter how old I get, if I'm leaving a room and I have to turn the light switch off and it's really dark and it's at the bottom of steps, I run up those steps real fast. Because there might be something down there I did not see. So, uh, next, like I said, this episode's coming out this week. Our next episode will come out next week. And our next episode will be something to do with Pride. Yeah. Uh, We're going to do so many things, guys. Please stay tuned. I know we got off on several tangents again, but this is Topics and Tangents. If you want to hear more about our things, feel free to email us at Topics and Tangents at DotDailyGravy at gmail.com. I just want... And we can email you back about all about our things. I just want a compilation of how many times you freaking say the website over and over oh, again. Oh, that's just, that's just audio clips. My goal is to do like the dollop <laughs> that we have an intro of just all the times that I say. Yeah, just different It'll different be a things. 10 minute intro. <laughs> no, it'd be one of our away weeks. We'll just make this compilation and it's literally just 30 minutes of more Telling you where you could send your information or questions or suggestions or responses. If you want to sign up for beta access to our topics and tangents slash wait what uh, ringtone, you can wait, email us ringtone? at topics and tangents dot daily gravy at gmail.com. Brother, wait. We can send you the audio and also talk about our things. Yeah, so many things. Uh, but until then, thanks for listening and have a great week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Topics and Tangents is a Daily Gravy podcast created and hosted by Mortimer Langford and Kate in association with the Daily Gravy Network. Intro and outro music provided by the song 1550 off of the album Disorganized Fun by Ronald Jenkies. For more great music, go to ronaldjenkies.com or visit his Spotify page. Be sure to check out more great Daily Gravy podcasts on iTunes, Podbay, and wherever podcasts are found. While you're at it, please rate and review. Thank you for listening, and we greatly appreciate it.